we have armored car services that come and pick up the money for us because we were losing money because we were getting robbed going to the bank sending our people to the bank. Welcome to Owner's Table War. Today we talk to Jason Black. Now, Jason has grown up in the franchise industry. When you think of franchise, what do you think of? Yep, McDonald's. So Jason is an owner in eight McDonald's franchises. So two years ago when I met Jason, he had talked about possibly just getting out altogether. But then today he walked through that trial and how now he's on the other side other side of that trial and how he is just doing so well. His, his franchises are doing great. He's enjoying life. He stepped back and how he stepped back, which is really cool. I know you're going to like that part where he stepped back a little bit from the day to day and is just crazily invested in the time and effort with his kids and his family. I know you are going to enjoy this one. Our guest today is Jason Black. So Jason and I have known each other. And I don't really remember how we met. I know your wife orders meal fit. And so your wife has the best name ever. Her wife's name is Whisper and it's W-Y-S-P-E-R. And it's just, I see it on the list. I'm like, I love that name. I've never met your wife though. So it's actually a W-Y-S-P-R. R, no that's vowels. Right, that's right. And so no <laughs> vowels. Um, so known Jason for a while. Um, Jason is a, um, not a typical story, but Jason is a, franchise owner of multiple McDonald's and uh, it's been in his family a while. So um, I just, I'm going to let Jason talk. So Jason, tell me, give me an overview of where you are now business-wise, what you're doing, what, who you're, what you're managing, all those different types of things. Uh, I am a McDonald's franchisee over, uh, I have eight franchises uh, in the, the Birmingham market and two, well, six in Birmingham, two in the Anderson Oxford area. Okay. Um, I operate with my sister and my dad. They have another eight. So we operate 16 restaurants all together. Okay. So how um, do you enjoy that? That's just a simple question. I know it's your job and there are things about my job that I don't like, but do you enjoy it? Some days, yes. Some days, no. Great. (laughs) I I think that's pretty much true for for anywhere. I totally agree. Where you are. so let's do this. Let's go back. Let's talk about childhood, how you grew up, you know, type of family. I've met your dad. Um, just a great guy, just a very loving human being, just a little bit that I know of him. Um, so just let's go back. How'd you grow up? Where'd you grow up? All those different types of things. Uh, originally from Woodstock, Georgia, mm-hmm. um, just outside of Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, you know, through third grade, uh, very close-knit family um we were always at family's house we were always with family um and uh and then we moved to birmingham in i think 92 so why'd y'all move um my dad worked for the corporation um, he worked McDonald's for McDonald's corporation. Corporate. Okay. yes uh, he had worked for franchisees in the past the corporation had hired him as um a field consultant is what mcdonald's calls it uh, basically, he come he would come in and, and do the grading, uh, right. follow up on franchisees and how. So, well like we were talking about go. earlier before we come on air. Yeah. Okay. So we we're talking about before he did that job. Before we got on air, he was on the telephone call before he got on here talking about two A field consultant that, yeah. that that works with you and your sister's restaurants. Okay, mm-hmm. great. So he did that job on the front end. So he so how do you go about getting a job with McDonald's corporate? That's a in in Georgia. That's interesting. Do you remember? Do you know how he got that job? I do not. Um, I know he was working for a franchisee. He worked his way up the ranks. He started as a crew person when he was 15. 
Really? Um, just as a part-time job while he was working full-time at the post office. Huh. Okay. Um, and he, they asked him to come on as a manager, as a shift manager, and he, he took the opportunity. Um, he worked his way up as a, a general manager and said some point in there, I guess McDonald's kind of recruited him corporation, um, to come be one of those field consultants for them. So let me ask you this. Is that possible this, this day and age, is it possible to start off at 12 or $13 an hour and work your way up into the ranks and like being something high in the corporate in? Yes, it is. Absolutely. Wow. That's awesome. So he, he's, so he's, uh, he's working for corporate. You moved to Birmingham. What mm-hmm. then? So he got the invite from Max Cooper, who okay. uh, he, and Max was an amazing gentleman himself. Um, Max was the original PR firm for McDonald's corporate, uh, handshake deal with Ray Kroc. Uh, Ray in, invited him to be a franchisee and to, to have the Birmingham market for 20 years. So Max, the Birmingham market. Yes. So Max opened the original Inslee restaurant, which was the first restaurant in Birmingham, I believe. Um, and he, he and Ed Levins, uh, who the two gentlemen that owned the restaurants, my dad eventually came over and worked for, um, built up a 53 store franchise in, in the Birmingham and Aniston market. So they owned all of them in Birmingham. Yes. So, this, I did not know this. This is absolutely fascinating. So I am a huge fan. If everybody has not seen, this is for everybody in the room. This is for Luke, for Sam. If you've not seen The Founder, I think it's wonderful. Great movie. I think it's a great movie. So Ray Kroc met Max Cooper and said, and they, it was a handshake deal, and he had, this Max Cooper guy had all the, the tall territory of Birmingham, and this is in the, what, 60s, 70s? Uh, somewhere around there, yeah. 60s probably. So, so him and another guy had 53 restaurants in the Birmingham and Aniston area. Yes. Okay. So my, now, my, what, now where is your dad doing with these guys? My now? dad was their field consultant. He We lived in Atlanta. So he, he was their person. He was the corporate person. Yes. Okay. So we lived in Atlanta. He, as a field consultant, you have a market that is uh, probably two or three states. Oh. And he was, he spent most of his time in Birmingham. I, you know, we, he, he spent his week in Birmingham and, you know, doing what a fran- field franchise, um, business consultant or field consultant does for McDonald's and on the weekends he came home. Wow. Okay. So y'all moved to Birmingham and then what? Um, well they invited, they interviewed my dad and hired him as the director of operations. So for he, their franchise, he became the director of 53 restaurants for them. Okay. Um, because they, they liked his fairness and how he operated within the restaurants. Um, when he was there being there, Okay, so I remember talking to you once before, and you talking about Max and how would you say Max was like a I don't want to say mentor, but kind of helped your dad. Like, like yeah, uh, you know, when he invited my dad over, uh, you know that that was a big step. Uh, that was a, a big ordeal. I mean, it, mm-hmm. he he never dreamed of. I don't think he ever dreamed of being in that position. Um, but they invited him over and gave him a job and kind of mentored him, and I, I ended up doing a couple of um, investments with them, which went well. Um, like outside investments, like yeah. outside of McDonald's? Okay, yeah, outside Great. investments. Max Max had his hands in a little bit of everything. Really? He, he, what uh, is Max's last name again? Max Cooper. Cooper. I've heard the name before. He, he won three Emmy, or uh, three Tony Awards. So he was an investor in Broadway Place. Okay. 
so very interesting gentleman. He, he was a chef, went to chef school in Italy. Um, if anybody remembers the old um, cinnamon nut roll, uh, there was I a do. cinnamon roll here. I Max do. created that. We were the only market that had that. Um, we were forced in Birmingham. I remember as a kid having those. My mom loved them. <laughs> he he created it. We he created the recipe. He created all the tools for us to use to to make them. I, when I started, that was one of the first things I learned how to make was the cinnamon nut roll. Um, no freaking way. I don't see that's left my mind for twenty years. <laughs> but like I remember as a kid, my mom loving those things. Yeah, they were they were great. They were fantastic, better than anything we've ever had. And we were forced to let go of them because that it was a regional. The I don't thing. Mean, we, we stopped doing kind of yeah. regional things that were outside of corporate. <clears throat> okay, so Max hires your dad just to work for him. They do some investments. They're just, it they're, seems like they're pretty close. Max starts quasi-mentoring your dad. So where so where does it transition from there? Um, Ed Levins, which was Max's business partner, and, and it's not something that corporate allows anymore. Um, they don't allow business partners within organizations. There's a one franchise owner, and that's it. Um, but, so me and you couldn't go and have a create an LLC and own. Mm -mm, no, so it's one human. Owner. Yeah, I didn't um, know that. Oh wow. Okay. So you know, and they then all allow siblings to operate together, but we create two companies. We operate independently and we share resources. Jason owns we, a sister right. owns it. Um, so anyway, Ed Levins um, decided he wanted to retire and sell his part of the business. <laughs> Um, and I'm pretty sure my, my dad was probably one of the last ones they allowed to, to be in business. And it, Max was, Max was probably in his late eighties at, at that point. Wow. Um, and how, what year do you think this was? Is Max, is Max gone? Is Max passed away? Max passed away at 99 years old. You gotta be freaking kidding me. August of 2012, I believe. 99 years 99, old. And he was coming to work on a regular basis. Was he really? Until, until the time. Oh my yeah. gosh! Okay, so this is this is fascinating. I had no idea. So Ed Ed retires, gives up his shares, sells his shares to your dad, and because of the good investments that that they had partnered with my dad on, one being Party City. Um, what? He's, what? They made an investment in Party City when it started, and it just grew and grew and grew. Um, Broadway play. This guy Max is involved in Broadway plays. He's involved owns fifty three McDonald's, and he invested like like in the stock of of a Party City. And then it just grew from there. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> this is nuts. So Ed sells this stuff to your dad. When they, so at the time they owned 53 at the time. Mm -hmm. So your dad and Max owned 53 together. Is that the way it worked? Uh, they, I think they were down to 42 at that point. So why did they sell some of them? Um, just over time. I, you sell some, you, you buy some. Um, sometimes McDonald's goes down a path that uh, you may not like, but uh, you're expandable and rewritable. And when what does that mean? So when you are a franchisee with McDonald's, you you don't necessarily own the land in the building. No, sure, just like you the movie. Lease it from them, just like the movie. Um, and it's at it's at their pleasure. So if you're not in their good graces, you can lose the rights to, to operate that restaurant and they'll force the sale. But don't you sign a lease for that restaurant? You do for 20 years. When that lease comes up, they give you, they warn you three years out and then you, know, you, you continue to get, and then you, you have to pay that franchise fee if they give you their blessing. So you could lose 
so like you and your sister, for example, if they come up at the end of this 20 year lease that y'all are on, y'all could lose. They could force us to sell the business. Yeah. Wow. But y'all would get the profit though. Right. We get the profit. We, we still, so it's not great, but it's not awful. We still own the volume and the, the, the decor within the restaurant. Okay. So your dad owns these restaurants with Max and your dad's probably a pretty good bit younger than Max, probably 20 or 30 years younger than Max. Yes. So yeah, your my, dad's, what is your dad? My 70? dad's 78. 78. And so Max would be 100 and, oh Lord, he'd be 100, 110 years old. Okay. So there's a good bit of 30 years difference. So they own these 43 restaurants. So where does it progress from there? Um, oh, let, me, let me go back. Where were you, how old were you when this went down when your dad bought into the franchise part of McDonald's? I was in college. Um, but were, you worked in high school at McDonald's? I did not. Okay. I, I I never did. I played golf growing up. I was a very competitive golfer, played in that. junior tours all throughout high school. Wow. Um, I loved golf. Okay. Um, still do to a, to a certain extent. Yeah, but, but you got uh, kids now. Don't, don't get the time to play it anymore. <laughs> I so. kids. You can love golf or you can have kids. <laughs> <laughs> so so I've, uh, I've gone off to a couple of other hobbies that sure. are more... Uh, able to to do with kids around. That's awesome. <laughs> Where'd you go to college? I uh, went to Auburn. Okay, War Eagle. Uh, War Eagle. <laughs> so, um, so your dad owns these restaurants. You're in college at the time. So, when you went to college, what was your thought? This is what I want to do when I grow up. Landscape architecture. Oh wow! So I that, wanted to do golf course design. Really? I've got a friend that does that now. So I could introduce him. He's great. Not that you have time to do that, but um, <laughs> so he owns these McDonald's. How do you like? Where does it progress from there? Where did you go um, from college? Just kind of give that that time. Frame. So in, in college, you know, they they have those weed out courses, and um, I, I went through the weed out course for architecture and decided that what was um, it? Uh, I remember the professor's name is Tarek Orkin, uh, and I cannot remember what the name of the class That's was. Crazy, you remember his name, but not the class's name. Um, he. I mean, he was stickler. I mean, it was, yeah. you had to do this. You had to do it on holidays. It didn't matter if we were off the school. It was every weekend. There was certain things you had to do. And it, and then he, he would tell us about what was coming, you know, spending the night in the design labs and being on a cot and the travel. And, and I, I, after looking at golf course design and kind of, I saw that you were out of town or traveling 200 or something day, 200 and something days out of the year. Oh my stars! Um, and I went, you know, I'm I'm more of a family person. Sure, I, I, I don't I don't want to go down that path. Um, so I decided to to change over. And one of the avenues you can take and still stay on kind of that path, but not the architecture path, is landscape horticulture and okay. emphasize in design. Yeah. So that's the path I went down. Um, so you got a degree in that? Yes. All right, so then, then what? Um, well, I remember my dad coming to me. I, I can't remember. I was probably a sophomore or junior in college. Um, and, and he came to each of us. He, he has, you know, I have a brother and a sister that my, my sister is 16 years older, my brother is 17 years older. But I didn't realize he had come to each of us. But he, he came to each of us and he goes, I, I, this opportunity's come. And I, I, he, I don't know what to do. What do you, what do y'all think? This is about him possi- possibly buying the buying franchise. The fr- buying from, yeah, buying into the franchise. Okay. And I think all of us gave him the same answer. Hey, you've got this opportunity. Why wouldn't you take it? Yeah. Because yeah, you know, he's he was he was getting close to that retirement age. He was probably <sighs> fifty or so. Um, so your dad bought twenty plus McDonald's at, at, in his fifties. Yes. I love that. I love that because that's such a. It's just a testament of like, you're never too old 
to keep growing and keep doing. And I see, I mean, I see your dad at chamber meetings. He's still, he's not as involved as he was, but like he's still. It's a testament to longevity and man, loyalty. Yeah. Um, yeah, when, when you stick to something, you really dedicate yourself to it, where you, what you can achieve if, if you just dedicate yourself to it. Wow. So what did you say when he said, you said, I do it, dad? Yeah. I, I so why wouldn't you take this opportunity? Yeah. You've, you've worked so hard all your life. Why not, why not take it if you can do it? And wow. This is, a, I think this is a good message to like people out there because, because there's a lot of people out there that don't love what they do. They hate their job or they just want to do more or whatever. And you're, you're never too old to go do your own thing. Now, obviously you need to be financially in a, in a spot that allows you to do those things. And there's so many different unique opportunities out there, but this is a great example of a guy that's in his fifties who goes out and now would this be possible today? It could be, but like, it'd be, it'd be a little bit more difficult, but there's so many other things out there that you could do to own your own business. Yeah. With the right savings and the right investments and the, the right advice that uh, you, you could still achieve it today. Wow. Okay. So he buys it. He, I'll give you the a proverbial blessing. He buys it. Then what? Um, he and Max operate the 42 restaurants together. Okay. Um, uh, and I can't remember when they, they started to sell some off, but they sold 20 off sometime. And I can't even remember when it was, yeah, sure. but it, it was five or so years before Max passed away. Okay. So they just saw, they started like downsizing. Yeah. When did, does your dad, uh, did your, did Max ever sell the rest of them to your dad? Uh, when Max passed, um, his estate sold 12 restaurants, um, to my dad um so it, at that point you know he he as they sold he got his portion and he got to pick what he kept but that's all he could off of hit what he was earning from that's all he could afford to keep of them of the 12 of 12. 12 so he had so how many did your dad own at the time by himself uh 22 so he had 22 that he got the other 12 from from max mm -hmm. so he had he was at uh what is that 34 uh, ish. They, they were at 22 at the point because they have 42. They sold 20. Okay. And they, they had, there was 22 left and they ended up keeping 12 of them. So, so they sold dad, 10 more. So your dad had 12 of them that he could, he could keep all, all yeah. in. Okay. So when did you come into the mix? So I 99, Max died in nine. What'd you say? When did you say? 2012. 2012. So you're like, you're 40, no, you're 32, 33, 34 years old at that time. I, when I graduated from Auburn, December of 2005, um, okay. I, uh, we, we took our usual new year's beach trip. My whole family goes down, stays in a house, yeah. enjoys time together. I started on January 11th of 2006, um, as a manager trainee. Okay. Um, and I, I learned how to be a manager. I became a training manager, became a shift manager, became a GM, worked my way. Are you married at the time? Um, I got married in 2008. So I had started that journey. I got married not long after I became a general manager. Okay. So you just said, so, so what made the transition of you? Cause landscape architecture stuff and running McDonald's is a totally different animal. Where did that, the same that, advice I gave my dad. If yeah. the opportunity is in front of you, why not try it? Gotcha. So you knew, did you know in your mind, hey, this could, these all could be mine one day? Did you think yeah. that? Yeah. 
So you start doing this, start training, start not at the bottom, but pretty close to the bottom. Yeah. I mean, I would say. So how long did you go through that process? So you're 22, 23 years old. I was approved to purchase restaurants in May of 2011. Oh gosh, you're not even 30 yet. Yeah, 29. Wow. And I, I turned 30. Is that a big deal? Is that is that young? That's it's young, but it it's not abnormal. There was two other people in our area that were approved around the same time and around the same age. They don't like doing it before 30. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about the financial part of it and talk about as much or as little, as much detail as you want to. So at 29, Hey, you can go buy a McDonald's, a, a franchise. So did you go start buying them up or what, what, what did it, what did that look like for you? Bought one. You bought one. Yeah, I bought the the Valley Dale Road restaurant, Valley Dale and Caldwell Mill. Okay, um, so when, I don't know where that one is. So when you bought that one, what does that look like financially? How do they? Is it? Do they? You have to have a net worth. Do you have to have. What is that? So McDonald's looks at it differently. From, so there's registered applicants, which is somebody off the streets has the funding, says they want to own a McDonald's. You can get online, talk to find a number, talk to McDonald's corporate, get the forms. They go through the financial stuff, and they find an operator that's willing to train you. You're, you're working within an organization, and there's a process you go through that they before they give you their blessing to, to own restaurants. Yeah, uh, they and you have to learn every aspect of the business in order to for them to to do that. Now, with someone off the streets, you have to have a, a certain liquid assets. You got to have certain abilities uh, to to fund, you know that. That investment. So you that had been there six or seven years or eight years is totally different than Johnny that's a millionaire that wants to buy McDonald's. They they call it next generation. Oh, it's okay. So it's a different program. They, you know, we we like to promote from within as a company in general. Yeah. Um, but it, it's always been a, a family business. Um, you know, there there are fourth generation uh, owner operators. Um, wow. one of them is an operator here in Birmingham from Louisiana, but he's yeah. here in Birmingham. Um, so it's, a, that's pretty it, cool. It's a long line of, of people that have owned and operated the restaurants. Wow. Um, so next generation, there, there's a few different criteria. Yeah. They, they don't, you, you don't have to have liquidity because obviously your, your parent has been in the business and kind of operates them. So there's some leniency there, but, right. um, and of course I, I could not have done it without the help of my dad and, Oh sure, you know, getting me started in the business, but that's that's why you start with one. That's that's right. So how so talk about financing for that? I, I don't all finance all franchises are different. So you talk to Chick Fil A, their model is totally different than everybody else's. You got Dunkin' Donuts, you got McDonald's. I mean, like, talk to me about the financing and how at twenty nine. How did you afford that? What is that? What does that look like? What did, I mean, what did it cost you as much as you could tell? So if. From from my position, you had to have twenty percent of the cost of the restaurant down, as okay. a downstroke, um, and then you had to find financing for the rest and find a bank that was willing to do so. Now, was there was there already a McDonald's at Valleydale and Caldwell Mill? Yes. For those that are not in here that don't know Birmingham, Valleydale Caldwell Mill is a very it's a busy intersection. It's a great area. Uh, I would say an affluent area mm-hmm. um, in Birmingham, and so that restaurant was there. Who owned that restaurant? I, my dad. Your dad. Oh, so you could buy it from he him. Sold it to me. Yes. Gotcha. So, but let me ask this. So your dad owns a restaurant. Can he sell it to you for whatever he wants? Yes. Even better. 
but no. <laughs> but but he, and Matt, he and Max were partners at that point. And not to mention it, it technically he could sell it for what he wants to, but correct. They're gonna sell it for they're get their value. six to seven times cash flow. That's typical. Six to seven times cash flow or profit. Like what do you when you say cash flow? I even know pre debt cash flow. So bottom line profit. Oh, so bottom line six to seven X. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you bought it from them. You had to put the twenty percent down for whatever that number is. And how, financing. Talk about financing for franchises. Where how, where did you go to get financing? McDonald's has a list of approved vendors, okay. uh, approved bankers that yeah. that they'll send you. Um, you can go to any bank. There's just some hoops that banks have to step through in order to to get you know the McDonald's lingo and understand the processes that McDonald's goes through um, and what's required of them, right? Um, to give approval. Tell me about the training process from there. So I hear, I've heard of Hamburger University and the things like that you have to go. Yes. Like, tell me about that. McDonald's has a a, a huge training program. Um, there's four different steps that you go through, and, and the first being a shift leader class. You, but you've already been a shift leader. I've so been you, a shift so leader you class. kind of checked that box, right? Yeah, I I have been to the next uh, step. Uh, which was department leader now. Okay. It, it's all different names now for sure. what it was. And I don't even remember what their names were then. Yeah. Um, uh, and then you go to HU for a, a kind of a general manager position. And you travel to Chicago. I went in December. It was minus 11 walking across oh, the bridge God. Uh, the morning I was there. Um, they just had a blizzard. It was a memorable experience. Memorable. Obviously, yeah. knives cutting across your yeah, face no when doubt. the hits you. Um and you spend a week in Chicago. Um, mm-hmm. And it used to be at our Oak Brook campus. They've since moved into a building downtown and sold that property, um, which oh, I, I so missed that property. Really? It was fantastic. Um, it, it just had a lot of green space. It, yeah. it was open building to building. It was a Frank Lloyd Wright design. Oh, yeah. Um, so it was a really neat uh, place to be, um, unique experience. And now it's a downtown setting and an corporate, in an office, office, a corporate building. office building. Sure. Which they do their best to make it similar, but it's, Correct. it's just not the same. So you you go after after you go there. What is, what else? What is next from there? Um, and at, is this the same process these today? Yes. Oh, awesome. So after you go there, what what what's next? Uh, there there's one other class you, you take. It's just an upper upper management level class that, that you can go to HU. Not a lot use that one. I'm not sure that one's intact anymore. Okay. Um, but uh, from there, it's managing the restaurant, learning how to manage a P&L, um, learning how to manage people, hmm. um, which is the most difficult part. Sure. Um, and, and just learning how to be a restaurant tour. I mean, just learning how to run a business. Now, um, so, so you bought the, what year did you buy this? Uh, July of 2011 is when I purchased. Did you have kids at the time? No, no kids, but you are married. Yeah. Uh, yes. I'm sorry. Yes. I did have, you did I, have I, kids. I had a, I, I had a son. My son okay. was not even one just a, now he, he was 16 months at the time, I guess. So how did it change from being working in the restaurants to being an owner as far as time, as far as obviously we know the responsibility, but like, how did the time change? Like your time working? It didn't really. Mm-hmm. Um, there was more to it. And uh, it is, I think back and, and wonder how I, did it as far mm-hmm. as the time not i mean just as a gm as well when i was running a restaurant but 
then stepping in and for a while I was the GM and the owner of the restaurant because I, I lost Your my GM. general manager that I brought with me to, to run the business. Wow. Um, so it, it really didn't, it, it, it really added more time yeah. to the time I spent. And what, so at that point, how many kids do you have now? I have two now. You got two kids now. Thirteen year old and a nine year old. So you've owned this for twelve years, twelve ish years. So transition like let's let's walk through the timeline from then to now of like owning that one restaurant, bought it from your dad. What was next? Um I operated that singular restaurant for two years. Okay. Um I purchased five more restaurants in December of twenty thirteen. So you go from one to six overnight? Yes. How was that? Um, extremely difficult. Why? <laughs> um, you know, McDonald's sometimes runs into characters that just decide they're going to pocket a lot of money and not reinvest it in the restaurant or the people. Mm. I purchased from one of those people. Gotcha. Did you didn't purchase these from your dad? No. Okay. So you purchase one that, like in the in the real estate world, because we own apartments in the real estate world. It's just like, I mean, it's honestly just called neglect. Yes, I, I purchased neglected restaurants. Okay, um, five of them. Five of all of them were not this. one, just five. But five. <laughs> okay, um, it was fun. Yeah, uh, I had two certified by McDonald's managers within the five restaurants. You need eight to ten per restaurant. Um, oh my gosh. None of the general managers were certified. And I mean, it's just, it's just what it was. Now, did you, so in buying these, you get obviously a period of doing quote due diligence. Did you do, do the due diligence or did you buy them and go, what the heck has happened? You can only see so much from the surface. Really? And you know, it, it's, it's another ownership. So you, you can't really get too involved because they're not necessarily revealing everything to their people as far as they're selling the restaurants because um, they might leave and then yeah. the business gets even worse. Um, so the, the rumors might be stirring, but you, you can't exactly go in and, and start picking little things back behind the counter. I could see from a customer's perspective and that's it. Wow. That's it. You weren't allowed a time frame to look at books to do all. I mean, you could look at books, but there was, uh, and I you're can't being remember how long careful before here it was. <laughs> I can't remember how long be- before I purchased the restaurants it was that I got to look at, you know, in detail things. But yeah, you know, I got a I got a call from one of the vendors um, a couple of weeks before I purchased the restaurant um, that said, "Hey, this shake this shake machine is is not working. He hasn't paid his bill. He owes us so much money." We're not going to fix it. And I can't work on these restaurants until the bills are paid. Bills are paid. Oh, my gosh. So you had back, um, you had back money that they owed. That- we ended up paying that bill in order yeah. to get service done on the restaurant. Okay, so here's the other question I have. This is for everybody out there. Why is there a big coup about why the milkshake machines don't work? I think I have an idea because I own one now. But what is the deal there? Why when you go to a... McDonald's, are they probably going to say the milkshake machine is not working? What's the deal? They're very finicky machines that are tedious. Very. To disassemble and reassemble. Yes. And if you have one part that's wrong. So I figured this out. Okay. So we had one. We got one here. 
And there, so everybody out there that wants to know about the McDonald's milkshake <laughs> machines. So there are these, these augers that go in this machine and they have all these parts that go around them. And to do it right, it has to be done every three days, every two days, every five days, whatever the number is. So it's like two or three days, four days, five days, something like that. Yeah. Okay. So what you have to do is you have to drain all the ice cream out of there. You have to run a solution, a sanitizing solution through there. You have to clean it. You have to take all the parts. And the parts. There's only, a lot of parts. Huh? There's a lot of a parts. A lot of parts. <laughs> and they only fit together one certain way. Like they have to be perfect. If the auger's off, it makes this horrendous sound. Mm-hmm. You got to, it's got, it's, it's a process. If you don't put the right lube and the right amount of that lube on certain parts, it's not going to function. Ex- right. Absolutely. So they, like he's talking about, there's this. This lube that you have to put on this auger, and it's a food grade lube. It's a process. So I have so much respect for <laughs> McDonald's people because uh, we have one here. So uh, that's just totally sidebar. sidebar. Just, just for, for you know proof, we we try. Yeah. Like we we had a training class with with our group of restaurants two weeks ago, I believe. Um, we we had that vendor come in and, and teach a class on yeah. on just that because. We have to do that every so often to just because we we get the turnover and we just want to oh, make yeah. sure that our folks know how to do it and it's it's still difficult. Still difficult. We have two people here that that do it and those two girls do it on on the regular basis. So uh, I forgot where we were in the conversation. So you bought these five neglected restaurants yeah. from this guy. It was extremely difficult. Um, tell me about that process and like. Did you scratch your head and go, what have I done? Yes. Yes, you did. Many times. Um, it, it, you, you just take it day by day. Yeah. Um, each problem that presents itself, you just start working on solutions. Now, why did this guy sell them to you? McDonald's was forcing him out. Mm. Um, Do it, you know why? Poor operations. Okay. So you made a comment earlier. And so here's my next question financially. So tell me how the finances work in a in a McDonald's, okay? Tell me about the fees, the thing as much as you can about the fees. How you, Jason Black, the business owner, makes money on a monthly, quarterly, yearly basis. Like, what does that look like? Like, how does that um, how does that flow? Because like you see, you know, he owns McDonald's. Well, he, he must be freaking rich. Like I know a guy in Tennessee, Mister Funderburk. We talked about him at mm-hmm. one point. I think he owned. 20 or 30 at the time. I don't know how many he owns now, but like he was very wealthy. So how does the finances work in owning a McDonald's franchise? You, the debt is the primary, you know, drag on you. Right. um, Especially in the first seven to 10 years. Cause when you purchase a McDonald's, they, they force that, debt to be paid off in seven to 10 years. And most of it is seven. There's a certain amount you can, you know, slide to that 10 year rule. So you pay 20% down, they make you pay 20%. What is the, are, okay. So then I'm, I'm going to, I want to get back to that. Cause this is important. Are the franchise fees different based off of the area? So like is, is a franchise fee in South Alabama in the middle of nowhere different than one in the heart of Atlanta? Franchise fee? No. Okay. The rent that you pay to McDonald's changes. So the That's rent the is Ray, what can, the whole Ray Kroc thing. Yeah. And and you know if you when you watch the movie, you know Ray was struggling with that, and 
he had franchisees that were kind of going off in their own directions. He was struggling with how to control it and and how to be profitable in the business. And Harry, I can't remember Harry's last name, but yeah. he was a banker, came to Ray with Walked, the idea. Followed him out of the bank. Buy the land. You yeah. own the land. You charge rent and lease that land in that building to the operator. So when McDonald's goes and buys a plot, and let's just say downtown Atlanta, it's extremely expensive. Millions of dollars. Right. And typically in that situation, they're leasing that land and they might get a 30 year lease. They might get a 20 year lease and they're it just passed through rent on that situation. McDonald's note is 10,000 a month. They charge y'all 12,000 a month, whatever. Business 101. Right. Okay. When, have you ever started a, a brand new restaurant or have you always bought existing restaurants? I've always bought existing restaurants. I'm experiencing somewhat a new per, a new restaurant location now. It's my first one that I've okay. experienced. We're relocating one um, from one area to about two miles down the road. So are y'all building the one two miles down the road? Yes. Oh, cool. While we're operating the, the current one until the new one is done. Who, what's going to happen to the old one? Um, building the, the land will be sold, I, I assume. Okay. It's McDonald's. <laughs> okay. So I, right, so go back to our original question. So how do you guys make money? So you, you had the debt seven years on a big franchise fee yeah. is a lot. Yeah. I it, mean, that's a quick pay down. It, it's a quick pay down. It, it's a lot. And you know that we don't stop there. I mean, there's investments that come in that time you that you that. end up having to, to put in as well, which none of them are cheap either. Sure. The, the debt is the biggest drag on you. Um, the rent, um, it is not the next biggest, but it, it's an automatic. It's nothing you don't necessarily have control over. And that rent can be anywhere from eight and a half percent to 16, 17%. What now? Right off the top. So your rent is based off of the cash flow. Rents on volume. Rents on vo- gross, gross, gross income. So your rent is based off gross income. Mm-hmm. It's not a number. Mm-hmm. There's a base. Got to be, let's just use a number. I'm just using a number. This is not the actual number, people. Let's just say the base is 5K, $5,000 a month. You got to at least pay $5,000 a month, no matter how much volume you're doing. But what you're going to do is you're going to pay 8, 10, 12, up to, you said 16%? I, I don't know what the highest percent is, but yeah, I mean, there are some that are 16, 17%. Wow. So that's going to change every month depending on how much volume is coming in the restaurant. Does that number, okay, so let's just say, I mean, again, I don't know if this is Jason's number. Say Jason's numbers is uh, 10%, just for easy math. Mm-hmm. Okay, so your number is 10%. Will that number go up or down based off of your volume? Mm-hmm. So you don't know what the percentage is going to be. Don't know what the final number is. The final, excuse me, the final number is going to be. You just don't know what the So is it based off of, okay, if you do, I'm mean, again, if you do $100,000 this month, it's 8%. But if you do $150,000, it's 9%. If you do two I'm just using numbers, $200,000, it will go up. Is that what no, it no, does? No, it, it, the percentage stays the same. Got it. But okay, that's what I was asking. 100000 8%, 120,000, 8%. You, you, so the final number is going to go up or right. down. I did not know that worked that way. So you've got debt and then you've got rent. Okay, and then what else? Are your obviously your cost your cost? And then it's your P and L. Yeah, it's, it's it's all the fixed costs from utilities to labor to food, paper products, everything that goes into it. And of course, your food and your paper are your two primary, you know, costs. Um, 
food and labor. Excuse yeah. me. Did I say, did I say food, and food and paper? Food and labor are your primary costs. I mean, that, that's going to be anywhere from 50 to 60, 65%. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a, it's a, it's a little high for me, but like, that's pretty close. I wouldn't want to be at 65%. I'd love to be at 50%. Right. So I get where you want to be, but yeah, you'd love to be at 50%. Been there, been there a lot of times. <laughs> been there these <laughs> Okay. Um, I had another question. Um, okay. Keep going. So you've got your debt, you've got rent, and then you've got your COGS. When I say COGS people, I'm talking about cost of goods. Um, so what what else is there from from that? That's a, man, that's a big percentage. I mean, you got to pay for your maintenance and repairs. So equipment breaks. Decor breaks, building breaks, um, plumbers, plumbers, uh, electricians. Um, you know, we have our own in-house maintenance and repair department. We got three guys, sometimes four, that are working at any given store at any given time, depending on who calls and what's breaking. And so we pay them. So you have those guys on salary? Yes. That's great. That's a good idea. We just started this about two that's, years ago. See, that's wonderful. In the apartment business, a guy gave me advice one time. He says, because I, you know, I, I don't have the cash flow to buy a hundred unit building. I have, I own a 12, I own a 10, I own another 12, whatever. He says, hundred units is around the number where you can, for apartments, where you can have their own leasing agent, your own maintenance guy to where, because if you do that, your costs drop dramatically because you pay this guy whether he fixes 20 toilets or 10 light bulbs you pay him the same no matter what so um wow that's good that's really cool so tell me in a mcdonald's what do what is a good profit margin like if you're hitting this profit margin you're you sleep well at night there there's profit out for controllables which is just the restaurant level okay um if you're hitting 30, 35% profit after controllables, which is all those fixed costs, then you're, you're doing pretty good. What is, what else? What, I don't understand. Why, why would you say after controllables? What does that mean? Uh, it's what we have control over, whether it be utilities, because we control when we turn the lights on and off, sure. whether it be that maintenance and repair. If, if we're not doing the planned maintenance on the, mm-hmm. the equipment, then sometimes it breaks down more. So that's a controllable Okay. Um, uh, we have outside services from trash. Yeah. Um, we have armored car services that come and pick up the money for us because we were losing money because we were getting robbed going to the bank, sending our people <laughs> to the bank and, and not to mention their safety. Um, so we, we pay a lot of money for armored car service to come pick up the money from the restaurant. Um, so all of those costs come to a, a restaurant bottom line that, if you're getting in that 30 to 35%, you're doing good. Depending on your volume, it might be 27, 28%. That's not bad. I mean, I don't think. What else do you have to pay out of that 27%? That, well, that, and I was about to say that that's, that's above the bottom line. Then we've got general, administ- general and administrative expenses. So that doesn't include what we pay the payroll company to process our payroll that doesn't include what we pay for um some marketing items that include what we pay our hr director or our director of operations or our ops manager so like you got a lot of labor in that 20 let's just say 30 percent that's got to come out of that 30 percent 
Holy crap. Yeah. So uh, insurance as well. I mean, we, we pay huge insurance costs each year, whether it be um, general liability, yeah. umbrella policies to workers' compensation insurance. Well, workers' comp is expensive. Yeah. So that, that's all below that line as well. Wow. Okay. So back to the original question, how do you get paid? Where, where does your, your salary, your draw, your pick your term, where does it, do you, how does that work with, with, with owners? It depends on what you're bringing to that bottom line. How much can you cut off of the, those, those two sections that we just talked about? Yeah. You know, what can you bring to that bottom line? And then you have to take into account what you need to reinvest in the future. That's what I was going to say. CapEx. So, it can change in any given moment or any given time period. You know, COVID set off a, a whole nother worry about how, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay for this? Right. You know, the volume went way down. So obviously, I mean, when I bought the five restaurants, I, I didn't take pay for five months. I couldn't from afford the, to take pay. From the five restaurants. Yeah. From five restaurants, you couldn't take pay. Wow. Can a single franchise owner, single McDonald's franchise owner, make a good living off just owning one McDonald's? No. No. You cannot That's survive That's a very quick answer. No. What is that number to where you feel like this is good? And I'll be asking a hard question. It all depends on volume. It, yeah. it all depends on that, that gross volume of, of the restaurants that you're operating. Um, you know, if you've got uh, two or three restaurants doing $3 million each, you're, you're in good position. You could be. You can pay fine. your debt. You can make a good living. And, and once you get that debt paid off, you, you can make a really good living. Mm. Um, but, the, you know, it, it all depends on the volume. Yeah. Do you have to pay any other percentages or does rent cover the all the – because I've looked into franchises before. We looked into franchise not too long ago, and it was like a 4 or 5% fee and a 3 or 4% fee. Is there something else layered on top of that that you have to pay? There's a 4% service fee. Gross? Offer. Yes. And the service fee supposedly covers the cost of that field consultant, that the, the people that – and they come in and do training sessions with us as well from time to time, but that's – Supposedly, what that's for. Is there a where does the marketing come out of? Because Mar- I mean, McDonald's McDonald's is a heck of a job marketing, in my opinion. Yeah, like it's it's everywhere. It's billboards. It's TV. It's it's everywhere. That's in that top line. That's, that's in, in the, that. That's eight, in the controllables. Eighteen to sixteen percent. Yeah. And there's a there's a set percentage that we pay each month to on op- top on top of all this. Yeah, to to our OpNAD, um, if we call it OpNAD, but it's 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 an organization made up of operators that make decisions on what we're marketing, when we're marketing, where we're marketing. Goodness gracious. So talk to me about this. I'm always interested in this question. I asked people at the gas station this question. What percentage of people now, today, use credit cards as opposed to cash? It's getting closer to 70%. 70% credit card. It's grown a lot a in lot. the last five to 10 years. Is it dependent on the market that you're in, the demographic? It is, very much so. Wow. Um, there are restaurants that are around 40%, not many, but here and there. Um, but most of them are in the 60% range. Wow. As far as my organization. I as far as yours are. Else. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about the app. 
So I love, okay, McDonald's coffee. I love it. So I drink McDonald's coffee probably once a week. I'll go by, get a cup of coffee, because I love, if I'm driving anywhere, so hidden secret of mine, if I'm driving anywhere, going to the lake, going wherever, over 30 minutes, I'm going to have me a cup of coffee. I like coffee, but I love McDonald's coffee. And every time I go to, to McDonald's, they ask, are you going to use the app today? The last time, I don't know, four, three or four months. Do you, is the, how is the app helping y'all? Um, it's a growth factor right now. It's, it's in growth mode. So we're trying to grow it as much as we can. We know that's the direction um, that the world is headed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a tough thing to grow. Um, people are slowly adapting. Um, of course, COVID put that into kind of a sure. warp mode. Yeah. But um, we're trying to grow it as best we can because labor is getting to a point that it's hard to control it. Um, very, very hard to control it. That's that's probably our most difficult side right now is trying to figure out because we're we're paying a lot more. We've oh yeah we've increased what we pay by two to three dollars average um, per restaurant. You know, as our, our average wage, and we've got yeah. you know fifty to you know, thirty to fifty, sixty, seventy people per restaurant. Um, You've got sixty people per restaurant. Oh yeah, there, yeah. There's some that have seventy. Dang, um, Jason. So that's a lot. Yes. And you got eight. Yeah, and and so we, you have right at five hundred employees, give or take you somewhere know. about. Yeah. Yeah. Probably closer to four. Say six, yeah. So sixty times eight, eight rest, restaurants and, is four hundred eighty. Yeah, and so the the people side. I, you know, I mentioned people being yeah. the most difficult. Um, we. Right now, our goal is 135% annual turnover. The goal. The goal. That's It, it had gotten to like 200 during the, the right after COVID, and it's come down. We're right okay. in the 140. For those that don't now. know what that number means, I know what it means. Tell, tell, tell everybody what I want to be at 135% turnover. Well, tell them what that means. If I've got 50 people in my restaurant, I've Today. Re- rehired that entire staff plus another half of that throughout the year. So if you've got 50 employees today on June 21st of the next year, you will have a whole different staff. Yes. Maybe not a whole different staff, but if you got 50, you're probably going to have 50 or 70 new faces or 70 other faces in there. There may be some mainstays. Yeah, there's typically a core mainstay that, that but, we have. That But you're going to hire, you'll have employees for two months or a month or two weeks. That's nuts. Absolutely nuts. So owning a McDonald's, um, having two kids, talk to me about how that's different now than it was as you were building and like even these these five, when you the five the ones you neglected. Tell me tell me about what your what the what the family life, work life is right now with, with your family. Um at first it was it was hard. Um I spent a lot more time in the restaurant than yeah. I did with the family. Right. Um, uh, or working on the restaurant or traveling to, you know, McDonald's meetings. And yeah. um, so, it, you know, like I said, when when you take over difficult restaurants, of course, you, you have to jump in and 
you're all in. You're, get your hands dirty. You got to get your hands dirty. You got to figure out solutions to all the little issues that pop up, put out all the fires and you never put them all out, but you're, you're working towards solutions on each. So I spent a lot of time. I mean, you, I wouldn't put the amount of hours on it, but it, it's, it's a lot of hours in the restaurants. Yeah. Um, and that's stressful. Um, but you have, I work to a point and gotten to a point where I, I can spend more time with family. Yeah. How have you done that? Because that's a question I get asked all the time. How do you, as an owner, how do you transition into spending less time at work? I know my answer, but how do you, what's your answer for it? I want to spend less time at work so that I can be with my kids more or my wife more. What's, what, what have you done to allow that to happen? It's a decision. Um, it's a decision you, you just have to make and organize things in a manner that allows you to do that. Give me the practical, like not the step one, step two, step three, but like what have you done to it? Because you can't just go, I'm making the decision today, guys. Y'all got it. I'm going home. Like what Like what? What have you done practically? There's a lot of work that goes into that, that getting to that point. I mean, yeah. if, if you don't commit six months, year, two years to that process, I, I mean, I, that's just my personal opinion as to what it takes um, to to get to that point and to have a, a place you want to be, yeah. and you're you're not going to get there. I think for us, I made a decision probably a year and a half, two years ago, to probably for me to overhire. I hate to say that like like that, but like make sure I've got the people, the type of person, and the number of people here that can do it without me having to sit and be with them all the time. And so for us, that's what we've done. And that's the process. Yeah. That, that's part of that six months, a year, two years yeah. that you, you, you start trying to find solutions and find people that can, can handle those day-to-days. Um, and honestly, I've been blessed with my family yeah. um, to be able to step into some positions that, that allowed me those opportunities. Um, yeah, I, I had a director of operations that was running my restaurants and, um, you know, we, we parted ways and I joined him with my sister's organization, which had a director of operations and he, he had been doing a really good job. Um, I approached them and said, Hey, can we join resources? I know this isn't something that McDonald's necessarily likes, but I think if this was 2020, so we're coming out of COVID, Mm. um, a lot of things going on needed to do it, needed to share resources. Yeah. Um, and I, they jumped at the opportunity, right. uh, talked to him and he was willing to take on the, the challenge and we kind of set up what that looked like and we've gone from there and it, it's been a fantastic ride over the last two years, two and a half years to, to see where, we've been able to take the restaurants yeah. since that point. Are you in a, are y'all's restaurants in a healthy spot right now? Do you feel good about where you are? I mean, you know, you, there are always things you look at and you go, this needs to be better. But like, tell me where you're, what the temperature is of like the ones that you own and how you feel about them. I feel good about the ones that we own. I, I really do. Um, are there a lot of things that we still want to fix? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, always will be. Um, but in general, you know, when we joined together, we created 
our our own local brand under the arches mm-hmm. um and through doing that we're, we're trying to build a reputation for being a different experience um we feel like we're achieving that and we feel like we're attracting um a better quality person now yeah um but it, it's it's all a process and you, you never feel like you're quite there oh i know I mean, it is. It's all the time. What is, uh, and if you can answer this, great. What does McDonald's do a very, very good job at for you as the owners? Hmm. It's a difficult question. You know, it, it's it's a nostalgic brand. Okay. Um, you know, we all have our memories yeah. of McDonald's and growing up, and you know, whether it be leaving a a sporting event Mm. and going to McDonald's for a treat afterwards, grabbing an ice cream cone, grabbing a Sunday, whatever that might be. Um, they do a good job of grasping that and, and holding onto that. Um, marketing is probably the, the biggest plus to, to being a McDonald's operator. Um, they do a really good job of, of marketing the brand and the products. You know, we have a, a core group of products, I mean, Big Mac, 10-piece nugget, mm-hmm. quarter pounder, that, that are always going to be mainstays in American culture, American life. Um, it, it's a quick, convenient meal. Yeah. So that, that's what McDonald's does well. That's what the corporation does well. Yeah. Um, they, they keep those things top of mind. They do. Hey, Sam, on that, that's a great answer. He had a wonderful answer there. On that, just Mark, to take, take out yeah. the part where he says it's a difficult thing to answer. <laughs> that was a great answer, you though. Know, that was a wonderful answer. There's When you're a franchisee, there's always that franchisee-franchisor struggle. Yeah. Uh, the pendulum swings both ways. Yeah, sure. It's hard to find that happy medium. If I asked you what do they need to improve on, could you answer that? Um, if you didn't know I could answer it. But you can't air it. Um, <laughs> I, I could even air it, but I think it might take all day. <laughs> all right, well, let's answer it. Let's do this. I'm going to ask the question, okay? And I'm going to say, here's what I'll say. As a franchisee, what do you feel like that the corporate, McDonald's corporate could do better for the owner? Like one or two things. Um, slow down a bit. Okay. Um, Expand on that. That's good. We get a lot of things thrown our way. Okay. Um, you know, we, we have new products and new processes coming out almost every other month at this point. Um, being a McDonald's manager, GM, supervisor, I, and I, I worked the positions, and it, I believe it's one of the most difficult positions. And I, I think it might just be restaurants in general. It is, yes. Um, one of the most difficult jobs you can ever work in your life. Yeah. Because um, you have to deal with both sides. You have to deal with the customer. You have to deal with the you know the the profitability. You have to deal with the people yeah. side on on both sides. It's just stressful. Sure. Um, 
And I think we add a lot of stress to our people, a lot more stress than is necessary um, in the name of uh, profits and transactions. Mm-hmm. Um, that we, I think we could do a lot more of the profits and transactions if we work more on less stress. So you say slow down meaning let's not do as much new stuff let's focus on what we're good at what you're great at yeah and be uh, really good at it so i have a question about um the new spider-man movie or the new iron man and the the so-and-so in the happy meal do y'all like those promotions that are like whether it be black panther or whether it be iron whatever the i don't even i don't even know what they are do y'all like those yeah. Or does that like hurt y'all? Or is, that, is, that, is that one of those things that you're like, hey, slow down? No, those are fun. Those, those are those are not difficult to execute. And okay. That's the same. We're, we're going to sell Happy Meals and it, you throw them in a box and you throw sure. them in the box. and it, it, Different bags. Yeah. It, that is what it is. Okay. Um, I, was wondering, I always wondered about that. And they're fun because I, I think our people enjoy seeing what's coming sure. out. And, you know, they get an opportunity to be a, kind of a part of those, yeah. those movies and those things that – that um, that are coming out and you know we're we're being we're on the front end of it. They get yeah. to see what's coming before it comes. That's awesome. That is kind of cool. So, I, what are you as a business owner? And I'll even say business owner slash parent slash spouse. Okay, what are you? What are you? And, and be arrogant about it. What are you great at? Like in the <laughs> in the in that realm, what we talk about. You know, a business owner that's a parent that's a that's a spouse. What are you really good at? I honestly can't answer that question. I, I don't. What would Whisper say that you're good at? Whisper's his wife. Um, cooking. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> <laughs> Not the answer I wanted. <laughs> Making dinner. Yeah. <laughs> being a husband, yeah. being a father. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think the answer would be husband and father. That's but, good. Um, you know, I... I don't know. There's so many things I'm working on within myself. Sure. I just. Great. Okay. Great. Great segue. What are you working on right now that you feel like you need to be better at? Better human, better whatever. Um, hmm. Working on faith. Okay. For one. Great. Um, you know, when we get in stressful situations and it, sometimes we, we lose that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, starting get, starting to get reconnected into some small groups and, good. and some some good folks that have kind of led me down a better path. Yeah. Um, so that, I mean, that's first and primary where I'm focusing. Um, but just being a better person in general, sure. just trying to. Be a better leader. That's good. Um, I, I, a couple of years ago, I started listening to a lot of John Maxwell podcasts. Yeah, we take our leadership group, which is general managers, supervisors, and directors, to the John Maxwell conference every year. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done that for I think four years now. Been a yeah. big sponsor of it, and um, they come, they leave that meeting more energized than we see them the rest of the year. Mm. Um, in fact, we were talking in my small group this morning about creating something that, that through the church that 
that wasn't necessarily church related, but kind of yeah. hit those Maxwell principles and, and kind of life planning yeah. um, that we could get out into all businesses to, to kind of help down that path and to reignite on a more consistent basis, kind of like the John Maxwell conference does, but not just a once a year thing. Yeah. But yeah. I, I listen to the podcast. It comes out every Wednesday. I think one of them comes out every Wednesday. One comes out every Tuesday and listening to those and just kind of processing it. And I, I'm, it, trying to be a better leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means recognizing my faults, recognizing my strengths, finding people that complement those weaknesses. Yeah. Um, you know, coaching people better. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I make a mistake, owning it, apologizing and, um, making it right. Yeah. One of the things we've learned, I think, is um, being able to apologize to your kids. Yes. Goodness. A lot of people don't uh, do that, don't think it's needed or whatever. But we'll lose our mind because our kids lost their mind. And being able to get on one knee with them and go, hey, Georgia, hey, John, hey, Tegan, whoever, I'm sorry. Will you please forgive me for filling the blank? That's hard as a parent. It's so hard. It's hard to humble yourself to your kid that has just aggravated you to the point oh, yeah. that you lose it. And then an hour later going back and saying, I messed up. Hey baby, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but here's the thing too. We have to think this and we have to know this. It's a, it's a long, long road and our kids are going to model what we do. Yep. And it's really difficult to ask them, say, Hey, go tell. So you need to <laughs> intrinsically know and be able to tell someone you're sorry Hey, will you forgive me for me messing up? But if we don't do that, how do we expect them to do that? So we've been working on, we've worked on that for a while and it's been a pretty big deal yeah, for us. We, we try our best yeah. to, to, and I'm certainly we have our faults and oh, we yeah. forget to sometimes, but that's one thing that that's another thing we try to do as well. Yeah. And it, 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 when you look into their eyes, when you give that apology, it's like a, it's, and I think it's teaching them oh, everybody yeah. messes up. And that's a conversation I have with my kids all the time. Right. That, you know, they'll mess up and we'll have a conversation and it's, um, well, I'm just, I'm just a terrible kid. I, yeah. I, I'm, I, you know, I, I messed up and I can't, whatever it might be. Right. But it, it, the conversation goes to everybody messes up. Yep. I mess up. It, it, you, you just pick yourself up. And the difference between a leader and someone that is not is the person that, and this, I have this honest conversation with them. It, it, it's whether you pick yourself up, learn from the mistake and move on mm-hmm. and be a better person for it. Yep. Um, and you just have to continuously have those conversations as they're. It is a day after day, just layering the conversations on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's, the, I have another question. This is outside of like, McDonald's. Talk to me about you as a family. What are you? What's your investment? Because we've talked about investments and things like that. What's your like investment breakdown of what you guys do? Where do you guys like to put that? I don't want to say passive, but where do you put money in order to make more money in y'all's family? Not the not the restaurant. I have just gotten to a point where I'm. I have some funds that I, mm-hmm. I can do that with. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we talked the other day about multifamily. Yeah, sure. Um, want to explore that conversation mm-hmm. some more. Yeah. Um, I'm exploring that right now. Great. Um, you know, you, you find, you meet people 
Um, like I, I met some folks through the gym mm -hmm. that I go to that uh, were financial advisors, went and met with them. I put some money with them uh, just because it's a good place to put it. I didn't yeah. know anywhere else. Sure. Still some that I, I need to kind of figure out. Yeah. Um, and I'm working on that. It's, it's just a, a learning process. I'm, I mean, I'm trying to absorb everything I can, listen to podcasts, listen to folks like yourself that, that talk about it and have been, have experienced it to, yeah. um, to find those avenues. Um, cause I, I just don't know what I don't know at this point. Well, as a business owner, you try, you spend so much time, effort and money investing in like for you, McDonald's or me, Milfit table and time that like I'm there, I'm there, I'm there. That's why it's great to have people around you that know what to do. Like, you know, I'm a real estate is what I love it. I like the numbers. It excites me. But we still dollar cost average every month with Mark Melikar, who's our financial advisor, who does has a managed we have a managed account. It's in the market. We do that every month. Come hell or high water, we're doing that because it's a part of our investments. Mm -hmm. And it's good because the market is very, very hard to beat. You're gonna have years where it sucks and you're gonna have years where it's great. But yeah. overall, it's great. And so we have a portion that we do. So okay, I've got five questions at the end before we wrap up. And they're they're fast questions, so don't like put tons of thought in it. Um, number one, what is your go-to activity with your kids? For a while, it was hiking. Mm. We would just up and go to family hikes. Yeah. Um, now it's uh, the lake. Spending time at the lake, swimming. Yeah. That that type of thing. Um, you know, recently started going down to Lake Martin on a regular basis. Perfect. And that has been so great. That's awesome. Uh, kids love it. I love it. Um, we talked about this one. What is your, I, I, we'll turn to, I, I've, you've already answered that. Um, my next question is this, what is the, your favorite vacation that you've ever taken? I guess it's about 10 years ago. Okay. My entire family, there were 12 of us, went to Ireland. Um, had a van that kind of drove us place to place, and we just toured Ireland. Yeah. Um, that that was the best experience we've had as a vacation. It, you know, you're walking down the street, and there, the, there's just a different sense there. Like yeah. the, the person sweeping the streets is smiling and saying, hey, how you doing today? Yeah. And you just, we felt so welcomed. Yeah. <laughs> it's just different. That's awesome. Um, and now this year we're, we're as a family headed to South Africa to, when? to spend some time in December. Um, so we'll be there for Christmas. That's awesome. Um, well, and, so what's the plan when you get there? Uh, same type of deal. We're going to spend some time in Cape town. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then we're going on a game reserve and spending some time doing the safari thing. Um, so what if you kill, are you going to kill something? No. No, just gonna look. Just, just looking. Just is in, it incredibly expensive to hunt there? I don't know. You don't hunt. I, I do hunt, but um, I'm not one for the the big like ex, extravagant game. Yeah, I like hunting deer. I like duck is my favorite. Oh, nice. Um, but I, you know that's doesn't interest that's you. Yeah, that's great. Uh, what's the best vacation you've never taken? Like somewhere that you want to go that just seems so out there. 
What is what is that? New Zealand. New Zealand. Mark Pettis went there not long ago and absolutely loved it. I, I want to visit that New Zealand, Australia. Yeah. Um, they, there's a YouTube guy I follow that just because I enjoy water and the ocean and um, he has a boat. He he and his friends go travel all around Australia and the crazy places on the boat. And I, I, I want to get on a boat that. and visit those areas that's just remote places that very few feet have ever touched that's wonderful experience it all right so there's a, a leads me into another question because we talked off air that you're not a huge social media guy you're on facebook but what is your favorite who is your favorite youtube follow the like you like when a new video pops up you love watching that person i young bloods who is that uh, Brody Moss and the Australia guy. Oh, really? It, it's just entertaining. It's yeah. something I, I watch just because I, I it's it's pretty. It takes my mind off of things. Sure. It takes me to a, a better place. I just that's that's kind of a weird one, but it's, no, it's great. That's <laughs> it's, that's great. I love it. Yeah. I found it about five or so years ago, and my brother found it and introduced me to. It. I was like, this this These is really cool. Yeah, and they fish and do all that. And I, I love fishing. That's so. perfect. What's the best book you've ever read? Can't say the Bible. I'm not a big reader. You're not? I'm just not. I I have such an ADHD brain mm. that I get five minutes into a book and my brain just starts wandering and I, I lose it. I listen to a lot of books. Okay, well then go there. Um, so um, any John Maxwell book. Okay. I, 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 um, I believe it's the leader within you. Yeah, uh, is, was a good one. Um, change your world. Good. That's that. That's one of the most recent ones, uh, and it it really makes you think um, about your place in the world and, and what you should be doing. Yeah, that's awesome. So there's been so much today. Um, a lot on, on the McDonald's front. There's people out there that will listen to this, that are extremely intrigued by what you do. Um, if someone wanted to reach you, talk to you, where could they do that? What's the best way to get with, in touch with Jason Black? Email. Email. What's the email? Jason at BFRMcDonalds.com. Jason at BFRMcDonalds.com. Perfect. Hey, this has been awesome. Uh, it's been about an hour and I've learned so much so just about the whole process. So I really appreciate you coming on and, uh, and joining us. And it's just been a lot of fun. So I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. You got it.